David, David had the worst because Saul was also chasing oh him. Like oh he oh was in a cave, he was on the run yeah. for years. Yes, what, 13 years of his life. And this is someone that was anointed. It's good to always keep in mind that there's just always going to be just that trial period. That there will be tempting period that raise it's it's nest it will be there. Just yeah, Mm. get your mind ready to suffer. Yeah, well, (laughs) we 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 want to be nicer than that, Michelle. Welcome to the median episode of Banters That Edify with Abba's Dwelling, where we turn inspiring stories into beautiful conversations and discuss topics that don't just entertain, but also edify. So sit back, grab a popcorn or your favorite snack and enjoy the ride. It promises to be fun. So we are here to um, discuss another extremely important topic, uh, the topic of vision, extremely important to young people based on a blog post that was posted sometime last year titled, um, Protect Your God-Given Vision. Of course, it had another title um, taken from a phrase from Genesis 37, I believe, the story of Joseph, who would see what becomes of his dreams. So today I have three extremely important wonderful people with me and I'm looking forward to having a great conversation with them and so without further ado I think we should begin right away um, uh, so Michelle uh, let's just start a bit randomly when you read the blog post what were your thoughts initially huh. I was thinking first of all you know it started with um, there is you know we'll see what will become of your dream and I was thinking you know, Joseph was naive. Joseph was was pampered. I was sort of like caught by that word, pampered, naive. It didn't have anything to do with, you know, how he was able to, you know, go through all the struggles and, you know, come at the end of what God had in mind for him. But that was my thoughts initially. I'm like, he was pampered? Really? <laughs> he was 17, yes, but he was loved. He was, maybe he was pampered. He got yeah, this coat yeah. of many colors and you know his father loved him more than all his other siblings and yeah he was pampered maybe maybe being pampered and being naive was was good at that time for him mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's good and then as you proceeded further because that um that was just the first paragraph that did not talk was about, about vision right? as I pr- so introducing the story yes yes i saw all the the fact that satan has once you catch a vision right mm-hmm. which is one of the key things that as a young person that you can do is to know what God wants you to do, like to know what God's vision is. You know, it is so key. And then it's also so scary to the devil. The devil's like, mm-hmm. I have to get you. Yeah. And um, he designs, I think what else caught me was he designs your own pits. He essentially cuts you out, like studies you, knows exactly what's going to make you fall and, you know, catches you, not catches you, but tries to, you know, tempt you or pull you down based on those things. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You said something that was very interesting, but I think I'll come to that later, uh, that Mm -hmm. as soon as you catch a vision, Satan also catches his own vision, Mm -hmm. as if you are manageable to him until you have a vision. 
Mm-hmm. I want to discuss a little bit why that is the case. But before that, I would ask Precious to tell me what her initial thoughts were when she read the article. Hmm. Um, I think just like Sister Michelle, Michelle said, right, I think that Joseph was really, really naive. I think Joseph, I don't know, I feel like he was like, everybody's kind. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like he was expecting everybody to love him. And it wasn't really that way. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, I think he he was he was so fast to tell his brothers his dreams, and he was expecting a different reaction. But he got he, he got an, another another reaction. So yeah, I feel like Joseph was really really naive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then going into like going going further, right? When when you have a vision, the devil. Okay, just like you said the devil also has his own vision and he will do almost everything possible to in fact everything possible to bring you down he will, right. he will try to he will try to to like anything that is attractive to you he will just try try to draw that close to you and like use that against you yes it's like that that's really, yes. really, really of course there's this popular verse of the bible that says no, we- no weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. Mm. Because if mm. you think of that word fashion, you know, before you sew it right, it you have to take to accurate measurements yeah. for yourself. Yeah. So Satan yeah. doesn't randomize. He mm. is very strategic about that. But then I think we um, we don't need to fall into the temptation of going too deep too quickly. I want to ask Ezine, what in your what do you think is vision? Oh, like, wow. If you know, if you know what it is, you can tell us. If you don't know, you can just try to say something what do you, what what comes to your mind when you hear the word vision um what comes to mind i think the first thing that comes to mind is like a picture basically like mm-hmm. a picture of what is to come mm-hmm. mostly like a good picture yeah a good a good picture something that's like that brings <laughs> me hope well a good picture mm-hmm. yeah no, well that's good that's good hope um, and an expected end so yes like, exactly yeah you are quoting jeremiah 29 11 scripturally speaking vision every vision comes from god the creator and mm-hmm. since it's god it's, it definitely is going to be good right so bringing it to the context of the story of joseph he had this experience that gave him a vision for his life yes. as early as 17 mm-hmm. right and uh, yeah. that's where the blog post begins where he was pampered obviously he was naive obviously because of mm-hmm. how like um, pressure said he rushed to tell his brothers expecting them to clap for him and yeah, what, what bothers me about his dream was that what bothers me about his dream was that the interpretation was almost too obvious for him to not imagine. Uh, yes. Like, how can you tell me that you had a dream that all of us, your eleven brothers, were bowing down to you? And plus, you're your parents. Your, I know, right? plus, <laughs> your, so, parents, plus your parents. Yeah. So, yeah because, exactly. Because the, the second dream was even worse than the first one to the extent that even his dad said, "What is this dream that you keep having?" Which yeah. is strange because nobody deliberately dreams a dream, isn't it? Mm, dream, yes. a, a dream usually happens so but it just shows the, uh, how naive he was but then we see that when he was 17 he saw a dream he uh, caught a vision and this was from god right mm-hmm. so that's the next question that um yeah i wanted to just sorry i wanted to say something yeah, like uh, what they said i feel like he was also was also very excited right for someone he that was. caught a vision True. like even though he was, like, he was still like very excited i'm sorry he was, he was, he was still yeah. very excited mm-hmm he was. He was extremely excited, and it's yeah. not. It's not um, difficult to imagine why, right? You had a dream, and you saw yourself uh, on a throne, um, but at seventeen, couldn't he? Yeah, you know what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, 
uh, what's her name? Ochi. Is it Ochi? Was speaking. Is precious. Precious. About him being naive. You know, the Bible says that to the pure, all things are pure, right? So mm. if he just felt like, and, and this, these are his family, right? Mm. So she's mm. hiding stuff from his family. But at the same time, God wants us to be wise. And not wise as serpents, but, you know, gentle as doves. But at that time, he like, oh, wow, this is, wow. I'm sure he wasn't expecting that dream. And like, I need to tell the people most close to me, what does this really mean? Isn't yes. this interesting? Yes. And then, <laughs> but, yeah. And then, I don't mean to interpret, but after the first dream and their negative reaction, he, he went and had a second dream that was worse. <laughs> he repeated the same course of action. You see, now there's, I think if you read from the NL, either the New Living Translation or the Living Bible says that his father rebuked him yeah. for for the dream and for his cocky attitude. Mm. The Bible mentions that. Mm. I think either the Living Bible or the NLT because, um, so it might have been an attitudinal issue. But okay, that's, um, we all had our moments as teenagers, right? We, don't, we can't yeah. blame him. But then he learned a lesson of a lifetime, a very, very difficult lesson, very painful lesson. But I think it was still within God's plans to prepare him for his future. He was thinking about God. it, thinking about what you just said, um, I think if he was cocky, that means he was proud. Yeah, yeah. And that means that he needed to go through all he went through to be humble. To bring it to be humble, yeah, yeah, exactly. He was, he was a, um, apart from being a pampered child, it was, I, I, we can easily infer that he was pampered because he was the child of the beloved wife, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then Rachel, yeah, Rachel, Rachel, Rachel died. Rachel, his mother, died during childbirth while she was giving birth to his younger brother, right? So she was not there all the while he was growing up. Mm -hmm. So it's easy for his father to have showered all the affection he had for Rachel on Joseph, on Joseph. as the only representative in quotes of Rachel that Rachel was meaning, of course, apart from Benjamin, right? So he needed to go through all of that, and that, that's the, that's that's the the extension of that. So, but mm -hmm. the point is, he caught a vision, and thank God, God is able to work things out, turn turn negative the negative into positive, right, and walk through the 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 wicked intentions of men to bring about his purpose, like Genesis fifty twenty. When Joseph met his brothers, now the vision had been fulfilled, and, he, and they, they, they came to apologize to him, and he said, "Don't worry, you meant it unto evil, but God mm -hmm. meant it unto good." Yeah, so God is able to turn the negative intentions, right? But then we are trying to establish this topic. Joseph is a classic story for us. He had a vision, caught a vision at seventeen. Now, isn't that given us a definition that it's a picture, a good picture? Of course, it's good um, because it comes from God, a picture mm -hmm. of God's um, intention, God's plan for your life. And I think I like the way she said it. It's basically a picture. It's a snapshot, right? And for Joseph, we see that he got this through a dream, or rather, a series of dreams, and probably many other things that the Bible doesn't tell us about. So I want to throw that question, uh, sorry, a question about that to Michelle. What are the various ways through which a vision comes? Or maybe before we go there, um, why is it important for a young person to have a vision? Hmm. First of all, I would start with you know, what a vision is to, it's essentially vision is something that you see, yeah. right? It's, yeah. it's, there's a vision, there's a physical vision, but then you need to have a vision about your future, what you see in your future. Yeah. And that's what, like, that's what pushes you. But apart from pushes you, it defines what you're doing now. Yeah. It defines your friends, it defines the actions that you take. It defines just what you consider serious. It defines yeah. your life now before you even see the vision. So I think it's critical because 
It will help you direct your thoughts, your life, your actions, just getting ready for what you're seeing ahead. Okay. And yeah, I think it's That's, critical. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, so a, a vision uh, is a picture of the future. And so it helps you and directs you to know um, the right friends to keep, the yeah. right books to read, the right things to learn, the right places to, to get to. So I cannot imagine uh, anything else that replaces a vision. Right? Mm-hmm. So if it means without this single thing called vision, you probably would keep friends that you should not keep. You probably will go to places that you should not go, right? Because it takes a vision to know the right friends to keep, places mm. to go, and things to do. So it's the singular piece that defines every other thing within a person's life. That's what I get from what Michelle said. I want to mm. hear from Precious. Um, why do you think it's important to have a vision? Um, because I think vision directs you. If you don't have a vision, you won't know what way to go in. Like, you just kind of be stranded or... Or you've just been like moving around a circle. Like there's no, 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 no direction. There's no path, nothing to follow. So I. Okay. Okay. It's a reiteration of what Michelle said. It's a picture of the future and it helps you to have direction because without Mm -hmm. a vision, you would have no context and no path to follow. Isn't it? Would you want to add anything to that? Or to be specific uh, about how this played out in Joseph's life? How did his vision help him later in life? Did he meet some challenges um, that the vision he caught at the age of 17 helped him to overcome? Hmm. There's, an, there's an obvious... Yeah, it's just an obvious one. There's one, there's yeah. just one, one obvious <laughs> encounter yeah. he had, right? With uh, Madame Potiphar, someone that my father-in-law calls Madame Pot. Madame mm-hmm. Pot from uh, Genesis chapter 39, right? And then... Um, so we, we see it playing out, but I don't want to narrate this story. I think somebody else should. So, t- so tell me, Precious, how did mm. his vision at 17 deliver him from Madame Potiphar? Hmm, God. Years later? You know, when I think of that story, like, I get kind of, I'm like, this, how, how did he do it? Because, okay, according to the Bible, he was doing well. Like everything that he was handling was blessed. Yes. So now your madam is asking mm. sleep with, with like with her, and then yes. how, how do you say no? Like how do you do you want to leave that position that God is putting? Like okay, I, I don't even know how to put it, but like how did he do it? Sincerely, I, I feel like it's that vision that he saw. Like he saw something greater. Like he saw something more than whatever he was going to do with her. So he just. I, I feel like he kept on looking at that vision. He's like, no, I'm seeing yes. something great. I'm seeing something bigger. I cannot come and waste waste it on you. Exactly. And then, yeah, exactly. I feel like that's really, exactly. really. And yeah. if you, yeah, thank you so much, brother. If you um, listen carefully to what he said, he said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Mm. Right? Mm. So it seems that the vision also helped him to realize that his relationship with God was something that he could not lose yeah. because it could take him somewhere. Another thing that is very interesting to me about that portion of scripture is the arrangement. If you take note, Genesis 37 talks about Joseph, his dreams, and being sold, right? Then Genesis 39 talks about his experience in Pharaoh in Potiphar's house and the episode with Madame Potiphar. Now, so we have a chapter in between that is an interlude, Genesis 38. 
Genesis 38 talks about one of his elder brothers, actually the one who um, proposed selling him, which was Judah, right? Judah who went to meet a friend of his and then mm-hmm. slept with a prostitute after losing his wife, right? So now we see in Genesis chapter, um, just pardon me for this, it's like, it's a, it's a kind of, it's a kind of analysis, right? In Genesis chapter, I believe chapter 34, we saw Dina being raped. And then I think in Genesis 35, we saw Reuben sleeping with his stepmom. And then in Genesis chapter 38, we see Judah sleeping with a prostitute. And then in Genesis chapter 39, we see Joseph saying no to his madam. Right? So we see a trend in his family from his younger sister to two of his elder brothers. It seems like everybody gets to this junction in life. But those who will be able to scale through are those who would have seen a vision before the temptation comes. Right? Mm. So, if Joseph had not had his dreams in Genesis 37, in all probability, Genesis 39 would have been like Genesis 38, the way it was for Judah, or 35 when Reuben slept with his stepmom, or um, 34. So now that takes us to the next um, um, the next aspect of our discussion, but can because, I just say something? Sure, you can. Yeah. Yes, for the part of when you, I, I feel like he also understood, because I believe he was still a slave in Potiphar's house. He was. Yeah. He was still a slave. And the vision itself was people are going to be, and people don't bow down to slaves, obviously. Um, no one bow, his father's always come and bow down to a slave, because I feel he knew that where he was going to, he maybe had the mindset or the, the that's a general vision that he was a free man. He was somewhere that was high position for for his father to be able to bow down to him. Because I believe the role he was playing in Potiphar's house, the only people that could bow down to him is maybe his fellow servants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fellow slaves. I'm sure I put that not slaves self will never bow down to him because they were not slaves just normally. So I also feel that he also knew where God was taking to, like somewhere higher, and he will be a free man and not and not, he will not be a bound man wherever oh, he is. Wow. God, Amazing. God Amazing. was taking him to Amazing. So I what, amazing. What what I get from what Esne is saying is that because of the vision he had seen earlier, mm-hmm. he was convinced of an end that was a lot better than his current circumstance. Exactly. Right? Because he had seen that eventually I'll be a ruler. He knew that the circumstances in Egypt that made this woman his madam were only temporary. Right. Mm-hmm. So that 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 points to another importance of vision. It helps you to see beyond the current difficulties and mm. the current limitations, right? Mm. Unfortunately, there are many young ladies that give themselves away quite cheaply because of present difficulties, the need mm. for fees, the need for care, not seeing something that is, you know, way ahead of them, right? And so some young men also give and give in to temptation simply because they are overwhelmed by the present. And one of the things I noticed with a man like Esau was that he could not sacrifice um, the present pleasure for a future glory, right? He was a man that could not uh, ignore the hunger of the moment. And that's exactly what vision helps you to do. All right then, so thank you very much. We're Can I add it. something, if you do definitely, not mind? Definitely, definitely. Okay, so on that point, you know, I had two things to say. One was that, yes, he was seeing something better, but it wasn't, how do I put it now? It wasn't, he wasn't um, in a difficult situation like, he was doing well. The Bible says the Lord with his hand, with him, everything he did prospered. His yeah. master. I get the point was that he was in slavery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was everything slavery. was working well. And he was like, you know, because someone can say, look, everything is going all right here. Things are fine. I got a good mm. job. I'm working well. Everything is just looking okay. Mm-hmm. But this is what told me, right? But yeah, yeah, this yeah. is good. There's this more. Is, I, yeah. I, I just, just, 
I can just build my house here. I don't need to do uh, yeah. We can all be here. I'll be fine. I think we're good uh-huh. with them. But then Potiphar, let's go, you know. <laughs> um, um, you know, but and then the second thing was, but he knew what God had told him, right? And the second thing was the Bible says that God was with him. Mm-hmm. So that that's he knew that the vision was from God and he knew that only God would do it. Only God will oh. accomplish it. So he needed to oh. keep that relationship. And then when he oh. when this woman said, God is with me, if I do this, God oh, is going to be God will, yeah. 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 You yeah. need yeah. God, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, That's so amazing. That's so amazing. I'm sorry, That's just amazing. to add to, to that, right? right? And you know, when he was sold, like, he left that land with God. Yeah. So he knew that he could not give God away just mm-hmm. to sleep with her at, at that moment. So, yeah. Yes. yeah. These are very amazing lessons, right? So, initially, we presented him as a slave, right? Who, uh, because of difficult circumstances, would have given in to Madame Potiphar. But then, Michelle is bringing another angle where. He was actually not in the worst of circumstances. He was the chief slave. I mean, and this is for Potiphar, who was the chief protocol officer of Pharaoh, right? So in a wealthy house, and he was a chief slave. So um, again, so this is for people who might think things are not bad, and so they have nothing to lose. But the vision he had seen earlier showed him something greater. So another thing vision does is that it prevents you from becoming satisfied too early. It prevents you from settling... uh, in That's what right. is called in what is called a false climax, you know, like Jesus Christ would have been made a king on the earth so when, he was, when he was destined to become the king of kings. You know, mm-hmm. it teaches you how to move That's forward. To move. Yes, because it teaches you how to ignore the, the present comfort and to mm-hmm. venture into the unknown because of something yeah. you want to say. Right? That's, that's, extreme, about that's, past yeah, that's extremely important. And another another thing Michelle mentioned, which um, Precious reiterated, is that he had, when God gives you a vision, it takes God himself to help you to fulfill that vision. That's so right. after he gives you a vision, it is necessary to maintain your relationship with him because it is only with him that you will walk, that you can walk into that vision. And that's exactly what Joseph would have lost if he slept with that woman. He would have True. lost the presence of God. And True. that is the greatest asset every young man needs in life, the presence of God. And sin, what sin does is to rob you of the presence. I know if you if you step back a bit and read that Genesis chapter 38 when Judah slept with um, he thought he was sleeping with a prostitute but he was sleeping with Tamar. You know, before he, he before Tamar allowed him to sleep with her, she asked him for something. She asked him for his rod. She asked him for his um, I think she asked him for, for his seal, his ring, and then the rod he was carrying. Now, if you know anything about the Bible and the Old Testament, these are very significant things. So he had to drop his rod as a symbol of authority. He had to drop his ring, you know, just to sleep with her. Now, it's a picture that when you go down the pathway of sin and compromise, you may not know what you're exchanging for a little moment of pleasure. You know? So if Joseph had gone to bed with that woman, he would have remained a good slave. He would have lost God's presence. There would have been nothing to hear about him anymore. Right? So again, that's the power of vision. So um, we're going to take a commercial break right now. And then when we come back, we'll continue our conversation. Thank you very much. If you're enjoying this conversation, kindly share this with your friends and family members. Follow us on abbasdwelling.com for more edifying and interesting stories. And if you do decide to follow us on our social media, we are on Instagram, abbas underscore dwelling and abbas dwelling on Facebook. Thanks for listening and let's get back to the conversation now.
Once again, welcome to this edition of Banters That Edify with Abba Swelling. We've been having an extremely uh, uh, interesting and engaging conversation about vision, using the life of Joseph as a case study, again, based on a blog post posted last year titled Protect, Protecting Your God-Given Vision, or We Shall See What Becomes of His Dreams. A lot of lessons have been learned from the story of Joseph, which has been discussed in the first half of this uh, episode about how vision is a picture of the future that God gives you and that it constrains you, it helps you to um, be, uh, it helps you to know how to live your life and where to go and who to spend your time with. It helps you to uh, not stop halfway, not to settle on a false climax. It also helps you to um, see beyond present difficulties and then it helps you to see why, uh, to see the reason why you should maintain your relationship with God and to um, maintain God's presence in your life because without the presence of God, no matter the vision you see, you can never fulfill it, right? So I guess that's um, that's uh, something extremely wonderful. Now, I would want to talk about the next aspect of this, which is how, the how, the how to catch a vision, right? If a vision is something really important and then it has all these wonderful benefits, how can a young person get a vision? And then the final thing we'll talk about is the ways that Satan will try to either attack a young person or steal the person's vision. But for now, how? 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 How do you catch a vision for your life? Anybody can go. No, I can go. go. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> Precious, do you want to go? No, you can go. <laughs> Precious will still speak, so let's hear from Michelle. Yeah, and then yeah so how to catch a vision. First of all, you have to desire to want, like, you have mm-hmm. to desire... I want to know what God has planned for me because I believe the Bible. The Bible says that God had, I think it's Psalm 139. Each day of my life was written in his book before there was any one of them, right? So I have to desire to, I don't just want to live anyhow, right? I have to have that desire first of all. And then I start to pray. And I'm going to trust God to show it to me. And okay. in the the ways that he shows it is different, right? right? You might have a dream like Joseph. You might actually have a vision. You mm. might hear God's voice telling you, um, this is what I want you to do, depending on how God speaks to you. Or someone might call, someone might bring a problem to you to solve. All right. All right. You know, yeah. Right. And then you're trying to solve it, maybe going to the Lord, praying about it, you might then begin to see what you were made for. Mm. Mm. That's good. That's good. You've mentioned extremely important things. And if we had time for a, for a really detailed Bible study, I would have asked you to give me examples because I think we'd find Bible characters with, um, I mean, I receive visions through each of these, these channels that you mentioned right now. We just talked about the channels, but we'll not go too much into that. I want to hear from Precious and then from Isaiah. How can a young person catch a vision for his life or for her life? Mm, I don't know this question. Can I just listen <laughs> this part? Because I, I just don't feel it's, hey. it's something I want. So, okay. yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good. Isn't it? Are you like Michelle or are you like, are you like Precious? Are you like, someone, are you like Michelle who knows it all? Or like Precious? Ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know it all, kidding. though. Yeah, so it's all okay. But what comes to your mind? Like, like she said, actually, yes, like she said, only God that can, yeah, that's right. So, I was going to say that it seems that you've given us an outline and it's difficult to add anything to it, right? So, the first thing she mentioned is desire, 
desire. You have to desire. You have to know it is important and desire it, right? Desire is extremely important because it drives almost everything we do in life. You have to desire it. And then the Bible says, what things ever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you'll have it. That's Mark 11. What mm-hmm. things ever you desire. So it's not wrong to have desires, right? Um, the Bible says, um, okay, we'll be anxious for nothing. In all things, by prayer and supplication of thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So when you desire a thing, the next thing to do is to turn it into a request to God, which is called prayer, right? Mm-hmm. So it's very simple. Desire to have a vision for your life and then pray. Of course, now that prayer aspect is something I believe many young people miss because, ah. um, well, it, it basically, if you want to know why a product was designed or what a product was made, made for, who is the best person to talk to? Not fellow customers who bought that product, but the manufacturer mm-hmm. who created it. Right? So, In the right. same way, to know what you were made for, you have to talk to your creator. The manufacturer in this case is God, the creator. And the way we talk to God is by prayer, by prayer. And of course, Michelle quoted Psalm 139 that says, all the days of my life were recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You know, it's extremely important. And God also told Jeremiah, and I think Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, that before you were... Formed thee in the belly. Yeah, yeah. I knew you and I mm-hmm. ordained you a prophet unto mm-hmm. the nations before I formed you in the belly, okay? So what we call vision or God's purpose for our lives is not an afterthought. It's not something that God did after creating you and then you began to wonder... Why did I even make this guy or this girl? Like it was something that he ordained before he even formed you. So you have to have the desire to know that. And then prayer is extremely important. Pray, pray, pray. Lord, reveal to me your vision for me. Reveal your plan. Reveal your purpose for me. And then I think in that case, after having the desire and praying, again, the next thing is that God is going to answer by faith. But there are different ways God answers. There are different ways God, God answers. And that's what I was so happy that Michelle mentioned already. The first way is probably through a dream or a vision, which is um, the case of Joseph, right? And which is what we probably would prefer, right? To just have a dream, a beautiful dream and get up and say, I, I got it. But there's no record. Yeah, there's no record of Jesus Christ having a dream in the Bible. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Never yeah, thought of that. Yeah, That's true. Record. Yeah, yeah, but, sure. but, yeah, I mean, Bible never says, uh, even David, right, who killed Goliath. It's interesting. Do you know that God did not tell David to kill Goliath? He did not pray about it. No. Right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, we're, we're going to get to that. That so, was a problem. It was, was a problem. It was a problem. And he I'm found himself exactly by the Spirit of God. The Bible mm-hmm. says he was stirred. The Spirit of God that had come on him in, in um, 1 Samuel 16 was stirred up when he saw this problem. Right? So that's a way of, so there are many different pathways of it, uh, or channels of entering into vision. So the first is dreams and visions, like, like Michelle had said, right? She also talked about God's voice, God speaking to you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it could be through his word, you know, and then uh, it could also be through a problem that will come your way, like she mentioned. And this was the case for David, right? He, he, he was sent by his father not to go and kill Goliath. I believe if his father knew that Goliath was threatening the army of Israel at the, at the front, he would not have sent his 17-year-old son into danger, into harm's way. I think he was one 15 years old, right? He was sent to deliver food to his brothers and to their captain. And by God's providence, at the time he was arriving, Goliath was also stepping forward to threaten the people. And he heard it, and a holy anger was stirred up on the inside of him. So there are many different ways. We can, uh, after having a desire and praying about it, God can give you a dream, God can give you a vision, God can speak through his word. God can speak through a servant of peace. Mm-hmm. The man of God speaking and prophesying. 
because God can give them insights. You know, of course, we know that whenever God speaks through prophecy, it's good to subject it to the test of the word of God before taking it as final, right? He can speak through the man of God or he can speak through the desires and passions of our hearts, actually. Because your dream, your, the vision for your life, like we said earlier, is simply the, a picture that brings every other thing in your life into focus. In essence, once you catch a vision for your life, then all of a sudden you understand why you were made the way you are. You understand why you have the gifts that you have because all your gifts were designed for your vision, right? The tools you use for your, to fulfill your, your, your destiny in life are connected to what you are meant to do. Right? For example, if you are meant to be a medical doctor, what do you think God would have put in you? Um, imagine you were designed to be a doctor. What are the tools a doctor would need? A scandal? A stethoscope? And things mm -hmm. like that, right? Um, how about if you were meant to be a farmer? Maybe a hoe, um, a cutlass, right? Uh, how, about, yeah, how about if you were meant to be a photographer? Maybe a camera, camera. a film, mm -hmm. ring light. So when you see the tools a person is carrying, it already points to the purpose that person is meant to fulfill, right? right? Now, our tools are gifts. So when you catch a vision for your life, then you know exactly uh, why you were made the way you were made and then you know how to apply your tools. So God can also speak through the desires of your heart and the gifts that you have, right? So it's also good. So after praying, desiring to have a vision and praying, it's necessary to get going. And the, the most important thing, uh, or rather the first thing we advise to do is to actually get into service serving the purpose of God somehow, laboring in church, um, volunteering, helping the helpless. Just just get active. The things that you, that you have a desire to do and the things that you find easy to do, just begin to use them to serve people and you see God guiding you into, into um, that. I feel I'm talking too long and I don't want this to be a, a message. So, so, please, right. so it's, it, but I think it's a, it, I, I just expounded on the outline that we should give. Maybe before, before answering the question of how the devil tries to steal the vision, we should think about it, right? So we've talked about dreams as the first channel that God uses to bring visions, right? Let's mention the name of one person in the Bible who got his or her vision through that channel. Most obvious answer. Joseph, of course. Joseph, thank you. That was a very, very intelligent. I mean, none of us could have known that if you didn't help us, precious. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, um, dreams, so vision. I will mention Mary too. Mary, which Mary? Mm. The mother of Jesus. Uh huh. She had, was it a dream or a vision she had? So we said dream or vision, so. Yeah, well, so basically she had this visitation. She had a vision. Yeah, she had, she had a visitation. Was it a vision or an actual visitation? In any case, it could be that God opened her eyes to see the angel in the spirit, in which case it could be a vision, or God allowed the angel to manifest in the physical, in which place it's just, it's just a physical encounter. But then Mary's, Mary's method is another very wonderful method that we like, mm. right? We like to say, I saw an angel, I saw Gabriel, I saw Michael. Mm. So, those who, I, I believe those, those guys are so busy, they don't appear all the time to be. Right. So apart from we dreams, also want to see them too often. We don't want to see them too often because you might no, be afraid. Well, we know that they're around because they're yeah. on assignments. Yeah. Let them do their assignments. Yeah, they are with us, whether we like it or not. Yeah, they, they are, are sent to yeah. minister for us who are to be yeah. heirs of salvation. But I mean, God can permit them to manifest themselves. I don't think it's something we should look for because Satan exactly. is all too eager, all too eager to wear his white dress and appear to you. You know, he has a white dress. That's my them. concern too. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically, the Bible doesn't tell us to pray to see angels. Right. No. We are just to focus on God, be led by the Spirit. And once in a while, God will manifest in these ways. Okay, so then, but how about um, through God's voice? Somebody who got his, um, his vision for life through God's voice. Anybody? Gideon. 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 Who uh, that was that was through a conversation with an angel? Where he, when God said, go in this thy might. Are you Abraham, but... Abraham is also, yeah, Abraham is also a good example of that. Because God said to him, that's the voice of God. 
get out of your father's house. I was thinking of Elijah, but who knows what where Elijah started. Yeah, Elijah is a mystery. Elijah did teach he, he just appeared as a prophet. I'm telling you. Right? I was calling down fire on, any, on everybody. So, so, so he's not a very he good example to come He's like a crisis. <laughs> Elijah seems to me like a crisis leader, like someone that God raised to, to deal uh-huh. with a very desperate situation, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Now, how about through problem solving? Through finding the problem and solving it? David. 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 David is such an interesting example to me. He did not pray about going to kill Goliath. He did not ask God. He was not sent to do that. He just happened to see Goliath and he got angry and killed Goliath. And that's how he started his journey. I have a question. Yes. Uh, is Jesus also part of that inside that problem, problem solving? solving? So what yeah. do you think? We see a 12 year old Jesus. We see a 12 year old Jesus saying, I ought to be about my father's business. How he knew what that business was. It's not recorded in the Bible. We don't know. Right. But I feel like he already knew that he's coming to come like he's come to save everybody. Like before he, he came, knew, he knew. I, I that. feel like solving this problem. <laughs> Salvation is my. I feel like he had a relationship with God at yeah, a yeah. very, very young age. And for, I mean, it's not difficult to imagine that if angels appeared to his parents, that's Mary and Joseph appeared to Zachariah, that God will reveal himself to, to him as a child, right? So I don't believe that, yes, he was born and his mind was already full with, yes, yes I, have, he was a child. I think he grew up and then, you know, as he was growing up, he encountered God, he was reading the Bible, the Bible, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, he was reading that and he was seeking God and God was revealing himself. Now, Michelle, now that you mentioned that, that's extremely interesting because when Jesus Christ was to talk about what he was born to do, what he was going to do on earth in Luke chapter Yeah, he read the scripture. He read the scripture and said, today, yeah. this scripture is fulfilled. He, he read Isaiah 61 yeah. and basically said, actually, what he wrote in Isaiah 61 was about me. Which means he discovered his purpose by reading the scriptures. And they're everywhere. Yeah. He just read the scriptures and then got a confirmation in his heart by the Holy Spirit that this particular verse, I was the one born to fulfill it. And they went to fulfill it. And then, there's another example like that, just so that we know that it was not exclusive to Jesus. And who was that? John the Baptist. When he was asked, who are you? What did he say? He said, I am, I am the voice. I am the voice crying out. He was quoting Isaiah chapter 40, a book that was written hundreds of years before he was born. And that people were reading for hundreds of years before he came on the scene. How do you suddenly come and say, actually, what Isaiah wrote was about me? Now, that's a mystery of how God leads people. So it's also very possible to find a vision for your life through the scriptures, actually, just by reading the scriptures in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then the Holy Ghost will highlight some aspects of it and bring it to you. Extremely important. You know, and then one other person that comes to my mind is Nehemiah. Hmm. Isn't hmm. Nehemiah an interesting example? How did he catch a vision for his life? He heard news. He heard. He heard news and then he, he was burdened. He's like, was burdened. He could for days. Yeah. And he okay. began to fast and pray and cry. And then he stood before the king and the king said, okay, what do you want? And then he prayed to God and then asked and said, send me, I want to go and take care of that. You know, because when we talk about vision, sometimes it sounds so spiritual. It sounds like you need an encounter in the third heaven. You need to see some cherubims and seraphims. Some people actually just caught buttons in their heart through a simple that, head. Right? What is that problem that whenever you hear about it, you feel like crying? You can't sleep. Your roommates don't care. Your friends don't care. But something about it bothers you so much. That is your vision. That's what you're born to do. I recently read the story of um, William Booth. I think his name is William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. Right? He was simply bothered about the drunkards and the neglected people in London. He was actually in London. And he decided to take the gospel. He was in a denomination where they were sending him to go and preach in a civilized area. He said, no, he wanted to go to the rural area. And so he went and preached to those people. The rejects, 
and they got born again and that was the start of the salvation army right i i, I did not find any information in the story about an encounter with an angel it was just a passion something in his heart you know so if, that's, if you think about it every other vision however you catch it it, it yeah. has to grip you yeah that's yeah. how it takes over your whole heart you know yeah. i'm pursuing this with my life yeah, yeah. it has to be something that that leaves you restless that leaves yeah. you praying that leaves you, you know so, and yeah. everybody has that one thing and nobody should think that it's for some spiritual people it's for everybody and the best time to catch that vision is as a young man as a young woman mm. because that's when you have maximum energy mm. that's when you have um maximum flexibility that's when you are you are you still have the adventurous spirit that's when you don't have many commitments yet you don't have a baby to breastfeed you don't have a husband to take care of you don't have kids to look after so you are you are at your um, a period of maximum freedom that's the best time to catch a vision and to think about it everybody in the bible that seems to be a hero one way or the other caught their vision when they were young mm-hmm. of course if you go back to genesis then you start talking about abraham who caught his vision at 75 but he lived for 175 years right so mm-hmm. better, there's no before um, with that you know so it's good to catch it now that we are young wow that's been a great conversation hasn't it yeah then, um, i think because of time we have just about three minutes left um how does satan fight people with vision Michelle? I think God. Okay, isn't it going? Sorry. I also think, um, like I said, like before, like there's also a place of doubt there and also like right. a counter thought of, right. and this, um, what they call that um, syndrome? Um, imposter, imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome, yes. <laughs> I right. think, I think that is a major one that once it gets you there, it's easy to just shake you up in order. In Can order this end. be me? Can God be yeah. talking to me of all people? Mm-hmm. I'm not worthy to. Just okay. like Gideon, please, and hey, Gideon, I, I, I'm yeah, listing my father's house. for please to yes. confirm everything that God. Or like Moses, or like Moses, right? So, so there's doubt. Yes, Satan can fight you with doubt, uh, as in the case of uh, Gideon, and then it's closely connected to Moses. It's just that Moses was being fought with something different, and what's that? I think I'll call it trauma. Mm. The trauma of failing before, right? Past memories, because he had tried before and failed. You know, it's connected past. to, yeah, it's the past, the trauma of the past. It's very, very closely connected. Yeah, well, he tried to fight Joseph with what? With sin, immorality, basically, sin. because that, that makes you to lose the presence of God, right? Mm. How did he try to fight David? With bully or jealousy from his elder brother. I said, what are you doing here? Where did you leave those little sheep? With whom did you leave those little sheep? You know, that mm-hmm. was his brother trying to fight him. How did he Joe- fight Jesus? Yes. That David, David had the worst because Saul was also chasing oh him like oh he oh was in a cave he was on the run yeah. for years. What, 13 years of his life 13 years and this is someone life. that was anointed like, yeah, yeah. To be king, you know? yeah so then there, there is that um at that aspect and i don't know with the way this conversation is going we probably should have a part two right because there is anointing and there is the appointing Right? There's when you are anointed and there's when you are appointed. It's the appointed time. Yes, according to God's program. When it's time to show. Yes, right. so, so, so God may anoint you and then the Spirit of God comes upon you, the gift of God, the grace of God is activated upon you and then there's this training of your life and character to bear the weight of that gift. Absolutely. It, it seems to be extremely necessary. It seems to be the difference between David and Saul. Saul was anointed suddenly, no training. He just got into the office. He did not last mm-hmm. two years. But David went through this training of 13 years before he finally sat on the throne and he reigned for 40 years, you know. So there is that training. So a vision, um, uh, 
I would say the vision of being the king was what kept David through those very difficult 13 years, running from one cave to another bush to another the other. Cave. Right? So the process of being prepared to fulfill vision is hard. It's hard. It's, there's no military training that is simple. It's a training of character. It's a training to love not the world. It's a training to depend on God. It's a training to not depend. So it's it's death to self. It's usually very difficult and it takes years. What sustains you through that is the picture, the vision you saw. And let's be it also strengthens your faith because sometimes yeah. You have many opportunities to doubt. Yeah. 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 Even for Jesus, the Bible says, um, because of the joy that was set before him, right? He He endured the cross. Endured the cross. Denied. He, he endured the cross and he neglected the shame or something like that because yeah. of the joy. So even for Jesus Christ, the Son of God, God had to show him yeah. something ahead. He had seen the vision of being the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, having the greatest name. And because of that, he could endure the cross. So when they, they slapped him and spat on him and said, prophesy, who's spat on you? And he kept quiet. It was, well, he had long suffering and all of that, but it was because he knew that this was just temporary. Eventually, they would all bow to him, isn't it? When he's the King of yeah. Kings. So, so that's, I mean, there's, there's no way to go around it. It's good oh. to always keep in mind that there's just always going to be just that trial period. That there will be. Tempting period that raise, it's, it's ne- it will be there. Just yeah. mm. if you're yeah. ready to suffer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we, we want to be nicer than that, Michelle. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It, it's, it's the truth. There is no way around it. Mm-hmm. It is in anticipation. It is, it is in anticipation of those difficult years that God comes very early to give a vision. Yeah. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. what, that's what makes us to survive. But All right, the suffering, so, just, to add, just to add, sorry, before we go, sure it's, um, the suffering, but I think what keeps is, is God's presence. It's yes. like critical. Yeah. So yeah. whether I'm suffering or whether or not, it's going through that path. God's presence is, yeah. is really critical. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 not so much a suffering. It's just a journey. Let's just call it yeah. a journey. It's a journey of many things. A journey yeah, of mountains is. and valleys, rain and sunshine. But with God, you get to the end of it, right? With God, yeah. With God. Yeah, without with without God. without God, it is hell on earth. With God, it's just a journey to heaven, isn't hmm. it? <laughs> right. So we should thank you. We should, we should we should we should have another part. So. We're going to do this, right? It's very difficult to know exactly where to go from here. So we want to call on our, um, those who would listen to us. Please send in your questions. If you want to, if you have any questions or you have any um, special areas you want us to discuss a bit further, just send um, an email to abbasdwellingplace at gmail.com. It's going to be in the link somewhere down there. And uh, we'll do a part two of this. Thank you very much, uh, Michelle, Isnan, Precious. What do we say to everybody? One, two, three. Let's say goodbye. One, two, three. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. So we've come to the end of our conversation today. Thank you for listening in. Let us know what you think by reaching out to us through our email at abbasdwellingplace at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. See you again next week. Bye. Thank you.